Welcome to Significant Women. This is a podcast that's focused on bringing out the very best in women in all walks of life, in all seasons of life, and in all aspects of life. My name is Carol McLeod, and I hope that you will join me every week for stirring conversation about what it means to be a woman of significance at this moment in history. You know, it might not be as hard to live a significant life as you have thought that it would be. Well, some weeks on the podcast, I will be interviewing women who are trying with every fiber of their being to live a significant life amid the twists and turns of disappointment and challenges. Other weeks, I'll be sharing with you from my heart and from the Bible, the secret to live a significant life. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about your purpose in life. You know, a few months ago, I did some research because I wanted to discover what the main challenges are in women's lives today. I went to places like Harvard Studies, the research that's being done by the American Medical Association, and I looked at surveys in the Huffington Post. And what I discovered was really fascinating. The four main challenges that target women's lives today are purpose, identity, stress, and loneliness. Do those four issues surprise you? Purpose, identity, stress, and loneliness. You know, as I thought about it, I agreed with that secular research. So today, we'll be looking at what the Word of God says about discovering your purpose in life. If you know anything about me, you know that I love digging for gold on the sacred pages of Scripture, and I believe with my whole heart that today's podcast will help you tremendously as you partner with God to live a life of unmatched purpose. So let's get started. You are a woman with the DNA of God in your very soul. You are a woman of purpose. My friend, you were made on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. You are not a glob of cells that has been thrown randomly into the universe. Your life matters. It matters very much to your Creator. And your relentless pursuit of His plan for your life is part of the rich joy that we were created to experience this side of heaven's glory. You know, there is a line in a song from that popular movie, Frozen One, that touches my heart every time I hear it. Take a listen. For the first time in forever, we can fix this hand in hand. We can head down this mountain together. You don't have to live in fear. Because for the first time in forever, be right here. Every time I hear that line, for the first time in forever, I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say to me, Carol, you are God's first time in forever. You are the only one of you that God will ever create in all of eternity past or in all of eternity yet to come. There is absolutely no one like you. There is no one with your genetic makeup, with your fingerprint, 
or with the number of hairs upon your head. And so, my friend, you are vitally important to the plan of God. History would not be complete without your life. God's forever would not be complete without the telling of your story. So, what was your story meant to be? Why are you here? What is your purpose? Now, I can tell you, I can answer those questions in one sentence. I can tell you why you are here. Your story, your life is meant to reveal the story of Jesus. You are here so that Jesus could be here through you. And when you know why you are here, you will realize, I can do this. I can reveal him in all of life's challenges. My friend, if you're not good like he is good, who will be good? If you're not kind like your father is kind, who in this world will be kind? If you don't love difficult people like Jesus loves difficult people, then who will love difficult people? Your story is only as significant as your choice to tell his story with your life. When you decide, yep, that is why I'm here. I am here to tell the story of Jesus with my life. That is when you step into the possibility of significant. So the purpose of your life is to reveal him. Okay, now that we've established that fact, let's dig into scripture. Psalm 139, verses 16 through 18. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single moment had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. The psalmist tells us that before you or I were even born, that God had a plan for our lives. We are not here by accident or by mistake. We are here by the plan and the strategy of the same God who created the universe. Now, the writer of Psalms tells us something else. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. This word thoughts is the Hebrew word rea, R-E-A, and it means purpose, aim, or thought. So the psalmist says that God's purpose for our lives is a precious purpose. God's aim for our lives is precious. God's thoughts about us are precious. And this Hebrew word precious is the word yakar, and it means to be esteemed, to be valued, to be treasured and costly. You see, God has thought about your life. He has actually spent eternity past thinking about how your life would unfold all the days that you were yet to live. And as God thought about your life, as he strategized for your life, as he aimed for your life, he had a precious purpose for your life. It wasn't an accidental plan, but it was carefully thought out and it was conceived 
in the heart and mind of God. You see, God meant your minutes to matter. Doesn't that bring joy to your heart to know that God thought about you, to know that you are God's first time in forever? If you'll let me say it this way, before you pooped or burped or sucked your thumb, God was thinking about you. He was planning for your grand entrance upon the stage of history. Let's read another scripture from the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14. Now, some of this will be familiar to you, but not all of it. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations. So Jeremiah begins this paragraph by saying that God has plans for your life. Jeremiah was a prophet, and he was declaring the words and the intent of God over the people of his generation. And and he was saying, okay, guys, listen up. God has plans for your life. And the plans that God has for you are plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Now, this word plans is my favorite Hebrew word by far. It is the Hebrew word makashaba, and it means a lot of things. Now, it does mean plans, but it means so much more than that. Wait till you hear what makashaba means. It means thought. It means device, plan, intention, purpose, invention, imagination, and artistic work. Are you kidding me? God has declared that you are his work of art. He he spent time thinking about you and your life, contemplating who you would be, what you would be like, how he could use you, and who you would impact. God contemplated. He had an intention for your work. He invented things just for you. If you're good at science, there's a reason why you're good at science, and it's God's reason why. God might need you to be a healer. He might need you to show your compassion in the area of medicine. If you're a musician, there's a reason why. God wants you to sing his praises and to write new worship songs and hymns of thanksgiving at your moment in history. That is God's intention for your life because you are his artistic work. If you love words and literature, there's a reason why. If you're good at administration, there's a divine reason why. God has makashabad your life. He has planned who you would become during your tenure on planet Earth. And then let's look at the New Testament. Isn't this good stuff? Isn't this fascinating? I love discovering God's heart toward my life. Acts 17, 26. Oh, this is good. And God made from one man, that would be Adam, 
every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. So this word determined, let me read you the context again, and then I'm going to tell you what it means. And he made from one man, Adam, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined. What did God determine? He determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. That word determined means that which has been appointed. So God appointed you to live at the first part of the 21st century. If you're listening to the sound of my life, more than likely in the blessing of of the Western world. Now, why did he determine this? Well, I'm so glad you asked because this verse goes on to tell us so that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. So once again, we see according to scripture, which is eternal truth, that you are not here by mistake. You are not a bunch of cells that just happened to explode on the scene. God determined your appointed time. He thought about it and he planned for you. You were not created to live during the Civil War, during the Reformation, or during World War II. You were created for now. God determined it. He strategized it for today, for the early part of the 21st century. You know, our God is strategic in everything that he does. He's not a God who makes mistakes. And his strategy for your life was to have you alive today for your purpose and your appointed time to serve God is now. God made you for purpose and he embedded that purpose deep within your genetics as well as within every living molecule of your body. Before we go back into the Word of God and what it says about our purpose, I just wanted to tell you a few things about Carol McLeod Ministries. First of all, I'd love to invite you to visit our website and to do a little shopping. If you're looking for a birthday gift, a shower gift, a Mother's Day gift, we've got you covered. The website is carolmcleodministries.com. I can guarantee you that every dollar you invest in this ministry goes into enriching and encouraging the women of this generation. And all of the resources on our website, we have strategically designed to change somebody's life. So go to the website, carolmcleodministries.com. And while you're there, listen to a podcast, read a devotional, leave a prayer request. I'd love to hear from you. And also, I want to invite you to join me on social media. Let's be friends. What do you say? You know, I love being a voice of hope and joy. I am sort of done with the negativity and the fighting on social media. And I am just determined to be an encourager in those places. On Facebook, you can find me as Carol McLeod. 
Bible teacher and author. On Instagram and on Twitter, I'm simply Carol McLeod. That's M-C capital L-E-O-D. I'd love to have you join the family of men and women just like you who are tired of the complaining and whining that happens on social media and you're just ready for a daily dose of encouragement. And as always, if this podcast or the ministry has blessed you in any way, would you consider giving a tax-deductible donation? We're fully supported by the giving of people like you who believe in the message and in the call of Carol McLeod Ministries. So to give a donation, you can go to the website, click on Give, or you can call the ministry phone number, 855-569-5433. If you needed to find a pen and paper, let me give it to you again, 855 855- You can ask to talk to my good friend, Angela, or you can just send a check to post office box 1294, that's 1294, Orchard Park, New York, 14127. And now let's get back to part two of this podcast in which we're discovering what is my purpose? Does my life even matter? Oh, you bet it does. When I was raising my children, five kids, 14 years apart in age, we would often play this game at the family dinner table. It's it's a great game. It's called, Where Would You Be? And I would say to them, if you could be at any biblical event, where would you be? And now the boys would always want to be at some event that was epic and where there was blood and guts, like when the walls of Jericho came tumbling down or when David killed Goliath or when the Red Sea was parted. They wanted it to be big and boisterous and miraculous and epic. Now, Craig, my husband, he always wanted to be there at the day of Pentecost. You know, when when the people began to speak with other tongues and and the Holy Spirit fell, that's where Craig wanted to be, on the day of the birth of the early church. Now, my two little girls, they always wanted to be in Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. Wouldn't that be spectacular? But I wanted to be at creation. I wanted to be there when God breathed divine breath into Adam. When life walked onto the stage of history, it was no inconsequential event. The angels probably roared at what God had created. And my friend, when you walked onto the stage of history, you were no inconsequential event either. The angels roared at all that you would become, at all that you would accomplish during your tenure on planet earth. Now, this verse that we just read in Acts 17, it tells us exactly why God determined our appointed time and boundaries. He did it so that we would seek 
God, so that we would grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God created us so that we would seek him. That's what our life is meant to be about. We are meant to be on this glorious scavenger hunt, this this glorious mystery of discovering who God is while we're sucking in the air of oxygen. He determined us to live now so that we would seek God and so that others would seek God because of us, so that we would grope for him during our minutes on planet earth. I want to say to you today, be careful what you grope for. Some people spend their lives groping for all the wrong things, for money and fame, for success, uh, for education. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things, but those things are not the focus of our lives. We are here to spend our lives seeking for God and groping for him. We live and move and exist in him. Don't be confused about this. You were made in him and any life in you is because he put it there. Okay. Another scripture. And I want to comment on this scripture, Acts 13, 36. This scripture meant a lot to me when I was in the battle of cancer. I had only been diagnosed with cancer for just a few days when I was reading my Bible in Acts and I came upon this verse. I'm sure I'd read this verse like thousands of times before, but on this day when I was battling for my very life, this word became meat and drink for me. Acts 13, 36. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, then he fell asleep and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. So I did some study on this verse. For David, after he served the purpose of God. Now, this word purpose is the Greek word boule, and it means counsel, will, thoughts, advice, intention, and reflection. This Greek word boule denotes deliberation. So God has a purpose for you, just like he did for David in your own generation. God has thought about you. He has planned for you. He's even counseled you. God knows you are here and has a well thought out plan that fits only you. Now, This verse says, for David, after he'd served the purpose of God in his own generation. Let's talk about our generation. As I was battling cancer and I contemplated the purpose of God for my life, I realized that if I had lived before the Reformation, I would be copying the Bible onto parchment for the next generation to read. But that's not when I was born. I realized if I had lived during the 1800s, I would be a woman pony express rider, but I wouldn't be taking the mail. I'd be taking the gospel across the Mississippi and the Rocky Mountains for the rest of the Western world to know about. But that's not when I was born. I realized that if I had lived in the early part of the 20th century, that I would have been a missionary going to foreign soil preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that wasn't when I was born. I was born in the middle of the 20th century 
to have impact in the early years of the 21st century. And so I will use everything that's unique to my generation to tell the story of Jesus. I will use every piece of technology available to preach the gospel. I will use radio and TV and the publishing industry and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I will blog. I will podcast to tell the story of Jesus. My friend, you are not a blob of cells thrown randomly at this moment in history, but God had a strategy for your life. God intends you to bring something on purpose to your generation. Live in the place of purpose. God has a purpose for you. He's thought about you. He planned for you and he counseled you. God knows you're here. You're not forgotten. You're not ignored. You're not forsaken. God has a well thought out plan that fits only you. And part of the glory of abundant life, part of the joy that is ours, is seeking God and partnering with him in that purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Once again, another verse that tells us we're not a mistake. We're not random. We're not an accident. God did his homework when it came to creating you. So Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are his workmanship. Now this word workmanship in the Greek depicts someone putting forth his fullest creative abilities to achieve something. You are a masterpiece. So can we imagine for a minute, would you have a little bit of fun with me for a minute? I, I just want you to imagine with me. I want you to imagine that Jesus the Son was hanging out with his dad, God, the creator, during creation. And the father said, look, son, look what I can do. And he threw the Grand Canyon into existence. And the son respectfully responded, come on, dad, is that really the best you can do? To which the father said, okay, how about this? And he threw out the glaciers of Alaska. And the son said, hey, well, dad, that's pretty good. But I think you can do better. And so the father thought for a minute and he said, okay, let there be fjords. And the fjords of Norway came into existence. And Jesus might have said, oh, dad, that's impressive. You are good. You are a really good creator. But come on now, you are God. You must have something else up your miraculous sleeve. And so God might have granted his son and yelled across the ages, let there be the Rocky Mountains. And Jesus said, wow, dad, you are the best. There's no one better than you. I love what you create. But you got something else? Do you have something else you can show me? And his dad thought for a minute, he might have laid his finger beside his chin and looked into the eternity that was yet to come and God created you. You are God's first time in forever. You are the crowning achievement of the creation of God. And this verse in Ephesians 
for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are created in Christ so that it would be impossible for you to have a life separate from Christ so that you would live and breathe and have your being in him. What a life has been given to you. He is the one who is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we get to live in him. We get to wring life out of living in Jesus. In Christ, we live exuberantly, fully, enthusiastically, and joyfully. We live with purpose in Christ. And so why were we created? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. God thought about you before you were born and planned for you to be useful. That's what that phrase for good works means. It means excelling in all that is good and useful. God meant for you to be useful. He thought about you beforehand, before you were even born. God had a list of good works for you to accomplish for whom he appointed glory beforehand and rendered them fit to achieve it. See, your life is a perfect fit for the glory of God. God has decreed that your life is a masterpiece. It is his highest work of art. And when he created you, he placed you inside of Jesus. Because you have the life of Jesus, you also have the healing power of Jesus and the authority of Jesus and the strength of Jesus and the wisdom of Jesus. And those things have been given to you for good works. He has a list for you to accomplish. You know, again, when my kids were at home, they knew every Saturday morning there was going to be a chore list on the kitchen table with their name at the top, Matthew, Christopher, Jordan, Joy, and Joni. And there'd be a list of things for them to accomplish that day. And you know what? The Father has created a list of things for you to accomplish as well. Do you want to know what's on your list? I'm so glad you asked, because here we go. There are people for you to pray for, continents for you to visit, missionaries for you to send, books for you to write, people for you to encourage, and children for you to love. There are inventions to be invented, cures to be discovered, and songs to be written and sung. Oh, your list is not over yet. There are meals to be cooked and notes to be written and hugs to be given and smiles to be shared and laughter to resound. There are walks to be taken and artwork to be created and diapers to be changed and sweaters to be knitted. Oh, take a breath because God's not done with you yet. There are holidays to be celebrated and cookies to be baked and meetings to attend and difficult people for you to love and miracles for you to believe for. And my friend, as you walk in his plans, your purpose will be fulfilled. Don't waste another day of your life. Find your purpose in who God created you to be. Let's read 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 11. But we have this treasure. What's the treasure we have? Well, it's Christ. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despairing. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, 
but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You are a woman who has been created for significant purpose. And the purpose for which you have been created is telling the story of Jesus. Don't ever forget it. Well, my friend, I hope that you will never wonder again what your purpose in life is. I hope that you will remind yourself daily that your life is divinely significant in the plans and purposes of God for this generation. So live like it. Tell the story of Jesus with your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And Father, we surrender. We give our lives to you and say, Father, would you use us? Father, would you use us to love difficult people? Father, would you use us to teach the word? Father, would you use us as moms, as wives, as sisters, as teachers, as nurses, as doctors, and as friends? Father, would you use us even in the lives of strangers to tell your miraculous story? Father, thank you that we are women of purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So my friend, you are a significant woman indeed. I'll see you next time on the Significant Women Podcast.